0: Welcome to the Battle Cry podcast with Convention of States Action
1: President, Mark Meckler. You can watch the original live broadcast Sunday nights at 8 p.m.
0: Eastern Time on the Convention of States Facebook and Rumble channels. Hey
1: guys, Mark Meckler here for an unusual Sunday Night Battle Cry. What makes it unusual, instead of doing my usual recap of the news, what we're going to do is we're going to show you some footage from the How Many More rally that took place at the State Capitol here in Austin, Texas on Saturday. It was a great event, great speakers, great crowd, great vibe. And I think we did what we set out to do, which was to educate people about the absolute humanitarian and national security crisis on our border and to get people motivated to pressure the Texas state legislature and the governor to do the right thing, to declare the invasion, to pass House Bill 20, and that will allow us to create a border protection unit here in Texas so we can actually do it. We can actually repel the invasion. There's a lot more we're asking the legislature to do things like name the cartels as international terrorist groups, seize their assets. There's a lot of stuff that can be done and the legislature and the governor got to do it. So that's what the rally was all about. If you watch the live feed, well, you already know it was awesome. And so who knows, maybe you can just watch the highlights here anyway. If you didn't watch it, we're gonna give you some of the best highlights
2: and then I'll be back at the end to close out the video. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the president of Convention Estates, Mark Meckler. There's a
1: fundamental question that we have to ask ourselves when we look at these pictures, when we think of young girls being sold into slavery, when we think of the families ripped apart by fentanyl poisoning, when we think of the law enforcement officers killed, the innocent civilians killed by illegal immigrants, we have to ask ourselves this simple question, how many more? And I would encourage you to do something, and that is take out a piece of paper when you get home, and on that piece of paper, I want you to write something down. I want you to write down how many more young girls am I willing to see sold into sexual slavery. I want you to write down how many more families am I willing to see ripped apart by fentanyl deaths. What's the number? Zero. Zero is the number. I want you to write down on your piece of paper how many more ranchers are we going to allow to be driven from their properties? How many more law enforcement officers are we going to allow to be overrun by illegal immigration in our country? Zero! That's the number. It's gonna take us. Our government's not going to do it for us. They're not going to do it without us. We're going to have to stand in unison and that's why you're here today at the How Many More rally. God bless you for coming. There's tens of thousands of more people watching online. I appreciate all the folks that were willing to simulcast this and broadcast this rally out there. But this rally is aimed specifically at that building. We have HB 20 being considered here in this legislature and that will establish a Texas border protection unit. Do we need that? We're asking the governor and we're asking the legislature to declare these cartels to be international terrorist organizations. Are they? We're asking our legislature and our governor to start seizing the assets of these terrorist cartels. Do we need that? We're asking our government to step into the breach and no, we're not just asking, but we're demanding that. So today is the beginning. It's not simply an event, it's the beginning of a movement, the How Many More movement is going to spread across the country. It's going to unite all the folks that know this is the right thing to do. This is your moment, this is our moment, this is Texas's moment, and this is an American moment. God bless you guys for being here today. It is an honor and a privilege to introduce the one, the only,
3: Ted Nugent. Truth, logic, and common sense is alive and well here. Let's hear it for the people who have really invested in this rally today. They are putting their money where their mouth is. And thank you for being here. But you have a job. You all have a job. I've saluted thousands of flag-draped coffins in Iraq and Afghanistan. I've gone to the funerals of heroes that gave their life for the Constitution. On behalf of those flag-draped coffins, could we please pay them back for their sacrifice by securing our borders, and we are once again a nation. That's the battle cry. So God bless you. You people are just like me. (laughs) Isn't that amazing? How cool is that? How cool must you be? So you're willing to raise hell. You actually participate in this sacred experiment in self-government. It's not a spectator sport. Go forth, my friends. Go forward. Starting this, this afternoon... Take the spirit and the piss and the vinegar and the defiance and the critical thinking and the demand of freedom and security. Go forth to your friends and your neighbors at the barbecue, at the bowling alley, at the golf course, at the deer camp. Go forth at the workplace and school and church and demand that your fellow Americans actually act like Americans.
2: Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the sheriff of Goliad County, Sheriff Roy Boyd.
4: I've got a letter and I want to read a little bit of it to you real quick. This letter starts off, Dearest daughter, in the USA we sometimes have something like a slave boy or a slave girl. We call them indentured servants. They work for 5 to 13 years to pay back their debt. Now this letter It was a letter I took out of a regular-looking house in a regular-looking neighborhood in Rockport, Texas. It was a house where they kept sex slaves that had to work at a massage parlor there in town. We should not have something like this here in Texas. We should not have something like this in the United States. Everybody is made in the image of God. I don't care where you came from and nobody deserves to be in slavery We don't have an immigration problem in the United States. What we have is a slave trade problem We have a drug trafficking problem and it's directly related to the open border that we face right here in Texas We are in an epic fight of good versus evil and the good are not winning. We have to do something. You come here for a call to action. You come here, you want to know what you want to do. It's good to come out to a rally, but you've got to do something with it. I'm going to ask y'all this next week, I want each and every one of you to call your senator, your state senator, your state rep, and you got to make all the phones ring in this pink building back here. And what you've got to do is you've got to tell them that we need to pass House Bill 20. That bill is the bill that will provide the Texas voters are Michael Banks, with the resources he needs to help agencies like us fight organized crime throughout the state of Texas.
2: Please welcome retired Supervisory Special Agent for ICE, Victor Avila.
0: Not only have I worked this on both sides of the border, but I also had a hard time accepting that I've been a victim at the hands of the cartels myself.
3: This is a victim of an ICE. We are shot. We are shot. We are on the highway of Terrestre, Mexico. We've been shot and attacked on the highway. I am an ICE special agent. What is your name, you said, sir? Victor Alida, please call Jerry Miles. I don't have another phone. So where did you Please call Jerry Miles. We've been shot on the highway. Highway? What is the highway, sir? To where? Mexico, Querétaro. They know where I'm at. Uh, okay. Yeah, to go. to
0: go. to Try to remain online, please. That's the call that I made on February 15, 2011 from our suburban in Mexico when Agent Zapata and I were ambushed by Los Zetas cartel. And, tragically, Agent Zapata was killed in the line of duty in Mexico with Fast and Furious weapons. I was shot three times, and I stand here before the grace of God to continue to fight for and defend our homeland. So, you want to protect the children? You want to protect lives? You secure this border, and it starts here behind me.
2: Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the host of El Conservador, George Rodriguez.
0: My friends, let me begin by just telling you that I
1: am an American of Mexican descent. I am an American first. We have Americans of Irish, German, Italian descent. I happen to be an American of Mexican descent. And I want my country to have borders to have control of immigration. When I worked in the Reagan administration, my friends, I fought against the amnesty in 1986 because I said that when you reward bad behavior, what do you get?
0: Exactly.
2: Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome visiting fellow of the Border Security and Immigration Center at the Heritage Foundation, Mark Morgan.
5: How many more Americans have to die? How many more migrants have to die? And the time of talk is over. We've got to force politicians to stop playing this deadly political game. And I'm talking to both Republicans and Democrats. Our border security is not a blue or red issue, it's a red, white, and blue issue. We have to drive our state's politicians to continue to have discussions, to continue to look for new ways and new opportunities and innovative ways to fill the gap left by this administration and Secretary Mayorkas. Our country depends on it. Thank you.
2: Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Prager PragerU personality C.J. Pearson.
0: I traveled to the border on last week, and I heard stories of atrocities that have no place in the United States of America. I heard stories of young women sold into human trafficking. I heard stories of ranchers telling me, American citizens telling me that they felt abandoned by their own government. Abandoned. Americans saying that. That is not the America that I know. And I know that it's not the America that I love, where we put the cartel above the people of this country. That's not the America I know. And we deserve better. Because a nation without borders is not a nation at all. And as previous speakers have said, this isn't a partisan issue. We have to ensure that our national security remains intact, that the security of our border remains intact, because it will define this country for generations. It's why I'm here. I'm 20 years old and I care about this issue because I realize that this just isn't a border issue. This isn't just an economy issue. This isn't just a public safety issue. But this is an issue that will dictate the identity of America for generations to come. And my generation has a stake in the fight and we're not backing down and we're not giving in. We're not giving in. Now, one thing I love about the great state of Texas when I was talking to those ranchers, None of them ever told me that they were ready to pack up their bags and leave. They, were, they never told me that they were gonna give up their land to the cartel. They were never gonna back down and fight even though Secretary Mayorkas may not have their back. They don't need him, this is Texas. This is Texas. And this is the United States of America. Where we don't back down in the face of our enemies but we stare them down and we fight back and our border remains a part of that story this is our country this is our country
2: congressional district congressman chiproy
5: Well, good afternoon, Texas. It is great to be back. I flew back here from Washington, D.C. this morning. We managed to get a debt ceiling bill through to stick it to the Democrats, try to get the job done for you guys. About 10 days ago, we passed a border security bill through the Judiciary Committee, despite the opposition of uh, Democrats and maybe a handful of Republicans, and we got it through, ready to get through the House floor. Let me ask you a question. Are you guys tired of Texas being attacked? Are you tired of Texas being taken for granted by the rest of this country? Are you tired of your own children, your own community dying from fentanyl driven by cartels? Are you tired of empowering China and pretending that they're not killing our own in our own communities? Well, so am I. And I'm so proud that so many of you came out here today to show the world, to show this country, to show this state, that Texans aren't going to sit by and allow this to continue to happen. How many more? That's the question, and it's the right question to ask. I'm sick and tired of having to talk to moms like Sarah. And like the other moms that I see out here that I've grieved with, Virginia Krieger, whose daughter was lost to fentanyl, the hundreds of you who are connected to people who lost their children and their loved ones to fentanyl, the six children who have died in Hayes County where I live, just outside of Austin, just in the last six months from fentanyl, the nine or 10 that don't make the news that had to be revived with Narcan. How many more? How many more are we going to lose before we do something here in this state or in our national capital? How many more migrants themselves have to die while people pretend that it is compassionate to have open borders? I know Texans, I know you all, and you all want a secure border because it's hurting us, and it's hurting our families, and it's hurting our ranches, and it's hurting our communities but you're also Christians and compassionate Texans and you don't want to see another dead migrant die in a tractor trailer like the 53 who died in the Texas heat in San Antonio last summer or the 856 who died along the Rio Grande and along the Southwest border last year. The thousands that are in the sex trafficking trade as we speak in the supposedly strongest and most powerful nation in the history of the world, while we're sitting here right now, Some little girl is in the back of a car on I-35 getting taken God knows where. How long? How many more? The thing that I will ask of each and every one of you is to engage in this legislature for the remainder of this session. Engage in this legislature with your state rep and your state senator and the statewide elected leadership. Look, they want to protect Texas. But they got to know that you all are behind them and they got to be encouraged every single day through the end of this session. Because there's a lot of people who want to say no, who have excuses for why we shouldn't do what we know we need to do as Texans. There's always a lot of talk every year on March 2nd. There's always a lot of talk about Texas independence and a lot of talk about the Alamo. We walk around San Antonio and we pat ourselves on the back about how great Texas is. Well, are we gonna show it again? But there are some folks out there that are wondering whether we've lost our mojo a little bit in Texas. And I think it's about time that we demonstrate to the world that Texas is as strong as it's ever been and that we're going to stand up for the Texas that we knew that we inherited from our parents and grandparents and that we're going to pass down to our kids and grandkids. We're going to be sovereign. We're going to be free. We're going to be strong. We're going to promote and protect parents. We're going to stop what's happening with the cartels. We're going to secure our borders. Stop the fentanyl. Stand by law enforcement instead of the lawless taking over our streets. We're going to cut property taxes. We're going to make sure that parents have a voice in their schools. I'm a Texan. And when somebody here tells me to stay in my lane, I'm in my lane. I'm a Texan. So thank you all for coming out here today. Thank you to Mark Meckler and all the great people who put this up. Thank you to the great patriots like Mark Morgan. We can't secure this border without the help of great people like Mark Morgan, friends like George Rodriguez, all of the people that tell the truth about the border every day. Stay on top of it. Spread the word. Keep standing up for Texas. And then we'll be able to say that we passed down the greatest state and the greatest country in the history of the world to our kids and grandkids. God bless you all.
2: Ladies and gentlemen, Please welcome Emmy Award-winning journalist and former foreign war correspondent for CBS News and 60 Minutes, Laura Logan.
6: If you want to be proud of your state, and you want to be proud of your country, you got to do something about that. So I am part of a group with General Flynn and his sister Mary, and with a Yakov Boyans who's done a, a yes who's done a lot to counter child trafficking and some other people you've never heard about. And we are going to build a monument to all the lost children, the children who've gone missing, the children who've been murdered, the children who've been raped every day till they die, the children who've died on camera, the children who've been sacrificed for child pornography, the children who've been sacrificed in satanic rituals. You know what I'm talking about. There are people here who know. Take Sol Alinsky's handbook and open it up. There's a dedication to Lucifer in the front. You can say I'm crazy, I don't care, I'm not crazy. I couldn't care less. Sol and the Rules for Radicals, one of the great leaders of the Marxist movement, paid homage to Satan. They don't believe in God, I believe in God. I do, I believe in God and I know God will prevail. But I am not okay, I am not okay with knowing that tonight when I go to bed and tomorrow morning when I wake up, there's another child that died in the night in the most horrific way possible. The most horrific way possible. There's an entire city in Mexico, Tenencingo, that is built on generations of child rape. And we have a special unit of the Department of Homeland Security called the Tenencingo Unit based in New York set up just for that city. That's how long we have known. That's how long we have done nothing. We have done nothing, and it's not okay.
2: Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome back to the stage the President of Convention Estates, Mark Meckler.
1: It's not fair when you have to follow Laura Logan, right? And Chip Roy. Look, you've heard a lot today. Well, maybe things you didn't know. Maybe things that make you feel uncomfortable. Maybe pictures you wish you had never seen. And what I hope is I hope that you will carry those things with you. We're doing what we're doing because we don't know what else to do. You're out here today because you know they haven't been doing the things they're supposed to do. You're out here today because you know that Congress at large, other than folks like Chip Roy, aren't doing the things that they're supposed to do. And so that means we're going to have to do it. And we're going to have to do it for ourselves. We're going to have to do it for our kids and our grandkids. But we're also going to have to do it for those who have come before us. You know, we've seen folks up here today from voices of fentanyl, moms who've lost their kids, Husbands who've lost wives, wives who've lost husbands, sisters, daughters, grandkids, no longer with us. They've fallen in the fight. In the audience today, we have folks from Remembrance Project. Remembrance Project representing those who have fallen to illegal aliens. People should have never been in our country who took innocent lives from American citizens. We're here for them. We're here for the law enforcement officers, for DPS, for Border Patrol, for folks who've given their all to fight the scourge of drugs, to fight the scourge of illegal aliens, to fight the scourge of sex trafficking and slavery in America. And so I would ask now that we just bow our heads for 30 seconds and remember those folks that we have already lost and just sit in silence. that silence might be uncomfortable for you. To sit in silence at a public gathering like that, it's not easy, but imagine the pain if you're one of those people that lost a loved one. It's a lot more than uncomfortable. And that means that we, if we actually care about that, if we actually believe in the things that we've said here today, if we actually respect the heroes that have been willing to walk across this stage people who put their lives on the line, people like Laura Logan that's been all around the world in combat zones to tell you the truth, people like Mark Morgan that are willing to put their reputations on the line, people like Chip Roy that are willing to go out there and fight for us in the swamp of Washington, D.C. If you respect those people, if you honor those people, then it means that you personally will engage in the fight It's not an easy fight. The fight that we begin today, where we join with people who've been in that fight for a decade or more. Dr. Vickers, who've been in that fight for 16 years. If we're gonna stand with those people, and we're gonna be worthy of standing with those people, (coughs) then we have to commit. John Quincy Adams, you know that name. President of the United States of America, son of John Adams. After he was president, he went and served in the United States Congress. Most people don't know that story. Imagine that. President of the United States of America. And then he, he goes, he leaves office, and rather than retiring, he goes to serve as a backbencher in Congress. And he does it for one reason only. Because in that time, slavery was all over America. It dominated the South and he found it abhorrent. And it wasn't a time in our history when people were likely to get rid of slavery, but he went to Congress, and he became known as the hellhound of abolition. He didn't want to talk about anything else in Congress. In fact, they passed the John Quincy Adams Censure Act so that if he spoke about abolition anymore, they would censure him. So he spoke about abolition so that he could speak about abolition at his five-day censure trial. Got to admire a man like that. <laughs> 17 years he served in the Congress of the United States of America, 17 years advocating for that which he believed was the absolute right thing to remove that stain, the stain of slavery from America. 17 years he labored in vain. He died on the floor of the House of Representatives. If you go there today, you can find a plaque where he fell. It's actually now in Statuary Hall. And he was removed from the floor, actually died in what's now the women's cloakroom. And when he died, slavery still existed in the United States. Before he died, he was approached by a reporter. And the reporter asked him a question. He said, you know, Mr. Adams, you're very frustrating to all of us to journalists because you never say anything new or interesting, to your colleagues because everybody knows we're not gonna get abolition, not now, maybe not ever in this country, and that's all you wanna talk about. Why do you keep doing it? And Adams responded, duty is ours, results belong to God. What does that mean to actually live your duty? It meant to Adams that he gave up everything, that he went to Congress, that he lived his life, that he lived and died fighting for abolition and it didn't matter whether he won or not because he knew that he was living out his duty. That's what he did. You know after he died, he had had a, a, a very big effect on somebody that he mentored. There was a young man in Congress that was there in his last term. It was his first term He was enamored with the fact that the great John Quincy Adams was in Congress and so he approached him and was mentored by him and he spent all the time with him he could. They became very close friends, in fact they were so close that when Adams died, this young congressman was given the honor of being one of the six pallbearers at John Quincy Adams' funeral. After Adams died and after that young congressman's term was up, he was recalled, he was called home. Back then the parties decided who ran and he was called home and he didn't run again. But later he ran for office again, and he lost. He ran for office a second time, engaged in a series of very public debates, and he lost. And the third time he ran for office, he won. And we know him as the great emancipator, Abraham Lincoln, mentored by John Quincy Adams, a man who was simply doing his duty. We don't know what results we get when we do our duty. Likely nothing in our lifetimes doing our duty means the thing that we do when nobody else is watching because it's the right thing to do Duty is the thing that we do when we know it won't benefit us But we do it anyway because we know it's the right thing to do Duty is the thing that we do when we pay a price for doing it and we really don't want to do it but we do it anyway because we know it's the right thing to do and unfortunately duty is lost on this country today. The men and women in our armed forces law enforcement officers, first responders, those are people who rush into the sound of gunfire, rush into the fire, rush in when there's been an accident. Those people understand duty, but for most, for our culture, duty is lost. And if we're gonna save this country, we have to recover the concept of duty. In the Declaration of Independence, it says that we pledged to each other, we pledged our lives, our fortunes, and our sacred honor. I could replace, I could pull out any one of those phrases, and you would all remember the other phrases. We have those memorized. They're written on our hearts as United States citizens, as Americans, lives, fortunes, and sacred honor. But what did they pledge them to? This is really an interesting thing. I discovered this literally, I have the Declaration of Independence on the wall of my office, hand calligraphied, a gift from a good friend in Midland, Texas. And I was reading it one day and I realized that I didn't know what I had just read. I would never seen it before. Did they pledge their lives, their fortunes and their sacred honor to God? That would have been a good pledge. Lives, fortunes and sacred honor to the country? Nope, not that either. Lives, fortunes and sacred honor to the flag of the nascent country? No. To the great General Washington, the general, the indispensable man, the general of the Continental Army? No, not to him either. They pledged their lives, their fortunes, and their sacred honor to each other. To each other. I think that's an extraordinary moment in American history. They understood it, Ben Franklin would later say, which is, we have to hang together or most surely, most assuredly, we shall hang separately. We live in such a moment right now There are Americans sitting in prison for things that are not crimes because they were in Washington DC on January 6th. There are people being persecuted by the federal government, by the IRS, by the DOJ, by the FBI. The FBI just admitted that they don't know how many people have the ability and the right to surveil you right now. That kind of persecution exists. And so we damn well better pledge our lives our fortunes and our sacred honor to each other, or we're gonna lose this country. I want you to know exactly what I mean when I say that, and I know what I can speak for every speaker who, who stepped up here today. These are men and women that are willing to do what they do despite the risks, despite the odds, despite the financial punishment, despite the surveillance, despite the risk of being thrown in jail because they have pledged their lives, their fortunes and their sacred honor as I do to you. And when I say to you, I want you to understand exactly what I mean. I don't mean to you in some big general sense that doesn't actually mean anything. What I mean is to you, and to you, and to you, to everybody here because we're all in this together and we are either going to save this republic, we're going to cheat history if we stand together, if we pledge our lives, our fortunes, and our sacred honor together or we are going to lose this republic. So I'm asking you a few things when you leave here, when you drive home today when you're in the quiet of your own car, when you're looking at yourself in the mirror tonight as you're brushing your teeth and getting ready for bed, I'm asking you to ask yourself if you actually are willing to pledge your life, your fortune, and your sacred honor to your fellow patriots. And if you are, if you are, I'm asking you to do it out loud. I'm asking you to do it out loud right now. Do you pledge your lives, your fortunes, and your sacred honor? If you do, I can promise you the journey will be difficult, you will be tested, you will be pushed, and you will be persecuted, and you will take joy in that persecution. Now when we leave here today, there's something very important we have to do, because this rally is not about gathering and feeling good. This rally is not about listening to a bunch of inspiring people and going home and telling your family, man, I was sure inspired. This rally is about doing something. And here's what I need you to do. In this building, in this coming week, they will be considering legislation that will put us on a path, it's not the silver bullet, but it will put us on a path to securing our border. Do you want them to secure our border? You're going to have to tell them to secure our border because there are a lot of people in that building that are going to need the spine that only you can, you can do it. Only you can do it. HB 20 came out of committee this week. HB 20 declares an invasion and creates a border protection unit under the control of Governor Abbott. Do you want that border protection unit? Yeah. Then here's what you have to do. You have to make the phone call. You have to call your state rep. You have to call your senator. You have to call your governor. And when I say you have to call them, I mean pick up the phone and make the phone calls. Are you guys willing to do that? And if you do it, I can promise you, you're not enough. You're not enough. We're the remnant. But you have to go home and you have to tell your wife or your husband or your cousin or your kids or your friends at church, or the people at work, or people you don't even know on the street, call this damn legislature and get them to pass HB 20. Are you with me? I'm counting on you. Tell them that we want them to declare an invasion. Is it an invasion? Hell yes, it's an invasion. Tell them that you want to declare, you want them to declare that those cartels are international terrorist organizations. Are they terrorist organizations? You tell them that you want them to seize the assets of those organizations. Do we want them to take those organizations down? Yes. So you have to tell them that. See, they only do the things that you tell them to do. They're your employees. They work for you you pay their salaries, you elected them, and if they don't do the things that you tell them to do, then our job is to throw them out of office, right? Now here's what I really wanna do. What I really wanna be doing is when this session is over, I wanna be calling all of them. I wanna be going on the radio, I wanna be going on television, and I wanna thank them for being heroes. Wouldn't we rather thank them for being heroes? but that's their choice. Their choice is to be the hero or the zero, and they're welcome to be either, and we're welcome to treat them accordingly, correct? So I'm gonna close with this. Whatever happens from here is in your hands, what you do is in your hands, there are three things you can control. You can control who you trust. For me, that begins with Almighty God. That's where it starts for me. I hope it starts there for you. Number two, you can control your attitude about what happens. I can promise you one thing, bad things are gonna happen to our country, to you, to all of us at some point. And the question is, what do we do when something bad happens? Do we stand? Do we get back up if we're knocked down? Do we continue to fight? That's up to you. Are you gonna continue to fight? So we're going to stay in this fight. I don't want to hear anybody tell me that they're quitting. It's too hard. It's depressing. It's frustrating. Because we're not going to stand for that because we're warriors, right? The last thing we can control is what we do. What we do. And I can tell you what we do as Americans, and I can tell you what we do as Texans, is that we stand up. And no matter how many times we get knocked down, we stand up again. And no matter how many times we, knock down, we get knocked down, we come back to the fight. I can promise you this for me, personally. I can say this for everybody who got up on this stage today, and I think I can say it for all of you. There is a time that will come when I will quit fighting. And that time is when that first shovel of dirt hits the top of my damn pine box. And until then, I will fight. God bless you. God bless the state of Texas. And God bless the United States of America. So what'd you think? I hope you were inspired, motivated, frustrated, angered, saddened. Whatever it takes to get you engaged in this fight, the border is now in a state of existential crisis and our country is being overrun. Uh, Women and children being sold into sexual slavery, rapes along the way, as migrants make their way up from South and Central America. The ranchers are being overrun. What they're facing right now is literally unimaginable. They're living in a war zone. We have 70,000 fentanyl deaths a year, one every seven minutes. That's more than all the people that died in the entire Vietnam War this is an existential crisis for the united states of america so we're going to keep this going howmanymore.com as a website is going to stay up we're going to continue to track the crisis we're going to continue to call for action we're going to continue to build out the coalition to make sure that texas and the united states do what they have to do to secure our borders so your call to action today your battle cry call to action is to contact your state representative and asking them what they're doing about the effects of illegal immigration in your state. Contact your member of Congress and tell them, you want the border secured, you want the federal government in action. See, the thing is, it's gonna be up to you and me because the politicians have had the chance to do something about this for the last 30 years and they've done nothing. And that means as good, moral, upstanding Americans, it's gonna be up to you and I to force the action that's gonna end the carnage. So, again, get involved. Go to conventionofstates.com to get involved in Convention of States. Uh, you can do that, or you can go to howmanymore.com to keep an eye on what's going on in the border battle. I'm signing out. For now, Mark Meckler, host of The Battle Cry, and we'll see you next Sunday. This has been the podcast version of The Battle Cry with Mark Meckler. Visit
0: conventionofstates.com pod to learn more. Thank you for listening.